After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones, and we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Here's a wonderful Christmas gift for anyone who smokes, because it says, Merry Christmas and Happy Smoking (laughs) 200 times. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm apparently here with somebody. Her name's Genevieve Has. That one got you. That one really got me. (laughs) I wish I had the whole commercial right here. It's basically a a carton of cigarettes with holiday... uh, holiday branding that you can put actually can i just see if, if i can find this for you i know exactly <laughs> what you're trying to find smoke up johnny oh no 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 i, I wanted you know what find... i got for christmas <laughs> that would have been a good drop do <laughs> i stutter christmas cigarettes commercial let me see if i can find where i got that drop from friends here's a wonderful christmas gift for anyone who smokes because it says merry christmas and happy smoking 200 times. Yes, 10 packs of those better-tasting Luckies. All done up for Christmas in a beautiful carton. It's just created a carton just with for like Lucky a... Strike by the famous designer, Mr. Raymond Loy. It looks so bright and colorful under your Christmas tree. <laughs> and it's such a welcome gift to anyone who enjoys a good smoke. Because nothing says classy holiday like having a carton of cigarettes But people the... do. It's exactly the same with booze now. I mean, you get like fancy holiday bottles of, of you know... Not that fancy of alcohols like absolute vodka or something, and it's considered a perfectly normal yeah. secret Santa or white elephant kind of gift. That's true, and of course now that weed is getting legal yeah. in a lot of places, we're seeing people, yeah people yeah, bring it as gifts at, at housewarming housewarming parties. Yeah, uh, we are here to talk about smoking today, smoking commercials, but not pro smoking commercials. We are talking anti smoking PSAs for you. I quit smoking about a month ago now. A month and one and a half days, but who's counting? Damn it! Uh, and so that got us thinking, hey, let's talk about these uh, anti-smoking PSAs, the ones that are on TV now and the ones that used to be on TV. I will say, often at night when I'm sitting there watching television and uh, you know, now in this new part of my life, I want a cigarette most of the time, but maybe the one benefit of smoking so far, other than not dropping dead is not feeling the intense guilt that I would feel during some of these commercials, especially watching them with you in the room. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like when those came on and then and then moments later I'm getting up to go outside to smoke a cigarette, it you know, wasn't probably the best optics. You, that, well, it wasn't, although I wasn't judging you. I mean, you know, when I met you, you were a smoker and that you're an adult and that's your decision to make. I don't think I ever gave you too hard a time about it. Not that I'm, I'm very happy that you stopped, obviously. I mean, just for your for your health. For your health. For your health. But I remember recently we were watching one of those, um, one of the, I think it, one of those anti-smoking ads, I think it's the one, uh, the, the new FDA campaign where a, a young woman, a teenager really is signing a contract and when the, and it lists all the bad things that happen when you smoke and then the contract rolls up. It's like a little piece of paper that rolls up into a cigarette. Like, yeah. I sign away this part of my life to you. And I think you actually said... During that ad, actually, that just makes me want a cigarette. Oh, yeah. Those commercials aimed at teens. We'll get into the ones that I think are effective and the ones that aren't effective. Yeah. Um, and I've got an interesting white paper from um, a 
Look at you coming with a white paper. She's <laughs> the, literally got it highlighted here. <laughs> well, I, uh, the, the Wisconsin uh, Department of Public Education did some research on this, and I've got some interesting things to share from Yeah, because there's a couple of campaigns that are running now. You have the Truth Campaign, which is aimed at one particular, uh, I guess, aspect of, of smoking or, or potential smokers. You have the one you just mentioned, the FDA campaign, which is really focused on the health aspects of uh, smoking. Um, and so we'll talk about that in a little bit of the history of it. Plus, at the end of the show, of course, we're going to check in with you guys, the Ad Council. And Vives, you say that people are still calling in to their voicemail line. Oh, and so, so many jingles. Singing their favorite jingles We'll get for through us. them all, though. We're getting, is today's the final batch? No, not oh, far from it. Eventually, someday. Eventually. Now that I quit smoking, we have a couple <laughs> extra years. All right, well, let's get into this. I'm a fellow with a heart of gold, with the ways of a gentleman, I've been told. The kind of a feller that wouldn't even harm a flea. But if me and a certain character met, that uh, guy that invented the cigarette, I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree. Of course, it ain't cause I don't smoke myself, and I don't reckon it to hinder your health. No. I've smoked them all my life, and I ain't dead yet. Quite. But nicotine slaves are all the same at a petting party or a poker game. Everything's got to stop while they smoke the cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death, tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate. You hate to make him wait. You've got to have another cigarette. Okay, this is by uh, Tex William. You found this song. Uh, quite by accident, in fact. I was looking for something else related to a jingle that a listener sent in, and I just stumbled upon this. Yeah. And it just seemed like it was serendipity. I, have you listened to the whole thing? No, I, I basically listened as far as the where we got to. I have so many issues with this song. <laughs> First it's of all... It's by Tex Williams. Yeah, as you hear, he's saying, I don't think they're bad for you or anything. It's got nothing to do with that. Well, it's like he says they are bad for you, but I don't No, care. I don't think so. I think the lyric is, uh, it's not. it doesn't have to do anything with my health. He says, it, I don't, that's not my issue with it, but he says you could smoke yourself to death. Well, he does, but he says, I, I smoke and I'm not dead yet. Yeah, I think it's sort of tongue in cheek. Like, yeah, I know they're bad for you. Yeah, he specifically says they don't. So that's kind of one issue that's obvious and that's kind of of the time. Um, and the whole moral of this is the only problem he has with smoking is that everybody's got to stop what they're doing so you can smoke your cigarette. But this was clearly in the 1960s. I have spent hours today watching old smoking commercials. Yeah, you could and, smoke and in a anti- hospital. You could smoke freaking everywhere. Yeah. If there's one thing I learned today, nobody in the 1960s was stopping the show so they Certainly could smoke a Certainly not for a, a poker game. Yeah, maybe, like, for, maybe at a petting party. Me? Yeah, well, oh, and then that's the other thing, and maybe it's just because, uh, you know, all of the uh, stories this month finally coming out about the predatory nature of men. Um, let's let's get to the lyric about the petting party. How about that? You feeling good about this? I don't know. The other night I had me a date with the cutest gal in these 50 states when them hybrid uptown fancy little dame. She said she loved me. It seemed to me that everything was about like it ought to be. So hand in hand we strolled down lover's lane. That's not too bad. She was oh so far from a junk of ice. Our smooching party was going real nice. So help me Hannah. I think it'd have been there yet. I gave her a kiss, a little squeeze. She said, Tex, excuse me, please, but 
I've just got to have another cigarette. Okay, I recanted. There's nothing bad about that. Yeah. When I was watching the video, and just like with all of the stories of unwanted groping and kissing of women for some reason, and just seeing this guy from the 1960s. This, when, is, this is what conservatives are afraid of. Yeah, now now no one's allowed to be at a petting party. Also, a, a harmless petting party. <laughs> I also canceled our, canceled our interview <laughs> with uh, uh, Lee. Who's the guy on ESPN who got... Um, Oh, Rob Bob Lee. Oh, it's Bob, yeah, it's Bob Lee, yeah. right? Yeah, good joke, Andrew. Uh, try to remember the names next time. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, no, it, there was something about just like seeing this oh, like, I mean, lecherous looking guy from the '60s kind of sing this song. Yeah, no, the way the way he talks about women isn't exactly, um, you know. Oh, Courant. Anyway, I'm glad that we're staying on topic here. I will take all credit for that. Now, listen, you did a lot of research. You have a highlighted white paper in front of you. Maybe you want to get us started. I just grabbed a bunch of kind of weird, funny, odd, a little bit more vintagey uh, yeah, let's spots. Start there. Do you just want to like kind of start wherever? Yeah. All right. Well, the very first one I thought of when we decided to do a show on anti-smoking PSAs was this one that I stumbled on. Years ago, I think I was just looking for funny tape, and I came across this 1986 anti-smoking commercial with the cast of Cats, the very famous... Is that Andrew Lloyd Webber? I think so. Uh, The very famous Broadway musical Cats. That was just such a sensation in the 80s. Like, it was like Cats in the 80s, Rent in the 90s, and Hamilton in the 2010s. Yeah, like Cats Cats and Phantom probably like... Oh, Phantom, of course. Were probably like the 80s things that you would most go see. They were the the longest running shows on Broadway or whatever. And we're going to go forward here as if everybody... uh, Assuming that everybody kind of knows the look and vibe of the characters in Cats. It was a bunch of, you know, human dancers. It wasn't real cats. It was human dancers uh, dressed up in uh, spandex with cat ears and fur I on saw their cats face. On the, when it came to did Atlanta you? with my grandma. Did it make you laugh? Did it make you cry? Was it better I than I was cats? just at the right age to appreciate it, which is to say... Five. Quite young. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they cut an anti-smoking commercial in 1986. One thing that bugs me and would bug our, our pal Cat Solon about this one is... The set. Have you seen this before? Have I played this for you? Um, it doesn't ring a bell. So it's about five or six uh, of these people dressed up like cats, and they're prowling around like a giant ashtray. Mm-hmm. But the perspective is all out of whack. Like this ashtray, if this ashtray is real life size, right? Then these cats are actually the size of, I don't know, cockroaches. Like right, they're like, like way too small to be actually. Yeah, cats. we have a cat. We have cats. We know when we know what size of an ashtray, even a large ashtray right. is. Like you can't get multiple cats in one of them. So that's the first thing that drives me crazy about this. Um, sure. I'm not really into the whole Maybe cats vibe. Cats. They, that's the hidden secret of cats. They were super <gasps> tiny. They were all tiny along. all along. Yes. So anyway, I just love the audio of this. Someone is smoking over there. Something we cats would never do. Filling their lungs with thick, dark hair. What a disgusting thing to do. Cats have nine lives with eight to spare. Humans have one. With none to barter. Why do they smoke? Why don't they care? Humans are smart, but cats are smarter. Listen to cats, you men and women. Take care of your lungs. They're only human. The American Lung Association. How cringy is that? I mean, it's... It's exactly as cringy as cats. It's as cringy as cats. Okay, so there were four cats in that. Yeah. Yet they're all like, there's a moment where all of them are on the ashtray at the same time. Show me four cats that can fit yeah, in one I mean, ashtray. It's, that that part doesn't bother me so much. It's sort of you know, it's just a 
it's just set. a gesture yeah. towards the set. Um, I doesn't feel like they're trying to say this is all. No, this is. I mean, you know, it's not to scale. It's, not, it's, it's the cringiness of everyone doing their like fully leaning into the catsness. Yeah, of it, I'm not. I'm not into it. Hilarious in this day and age. Which then I thought I should. But also, I feel like I would be equally. I would feel equally embarrassed if I saw people in Hamilton. And don't at me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm because I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just going to leave my Hamilton commentary over there. Anyway, that reminded me of another anti-smoking campaign that also involves cats, but this is a modern one. So instead of people dressed up in leotards with wigs and fake ears and whatever that was, um, this involves, well, it's 20, this was probably made in 2015 or 2016, so it's all about viral videos. It actually borrows tons of real viral videos from the web involving cats. And from an internet website? From an, it's from an internet website. And uh, this is one that I think will get us into talking about the current campaigns. This is part of the Truth Campaign, lowercase t. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk more about the origins of the Truth Campaign in a second, but suffice it to say... This is a campaign that's been around for a while, but it is very specifically focused on kids and making sure kids don't start smoking. It's not about it's not talking to the people like me who've been smoking for a long time. They're trying to nip it in the bud. And and that makes a lot of sense. I think I read a stat today that said I think nine out of ten smokers uh, started before they were 18. Yeah, that so sounds right. that's exactly why things like the truth campaign are around for my taste. Now, I'm not a kid. But even when I was a kid, a cynical kid in the 1990s, real slacker generation, I despised anything that even had the tiniest scent of adults trying to talk to cool youth. Yeah, no, adu- no adults allowed. Exactly. And this truth campaign has always felt that way to me. This started in 1999, Well, I right? got some interesting... explanations for why it might feel that way okay well we'll we'll talk about that in a second we'll dig into your white paper here in a second but let me uh play this uh which is mostly visual but essentially it's a bunch of fast paced cut together clips of viral videos of cats um doing things on the internet and i'll read to you what the kind of frenetic type says over top of it fact Cats are twice as likely to get cancer if their owners smoke. Now we see like cats riding around on uh, uh, Zumbas, not Zumbas, Roombas. Smoking equals no cats, equals no cat videos. That sucks. Be the generation that ends smoking. Quick addendum. I actually like that. I know that's a, a kind of a new reboot of the truth campaign is we are so close. Mm-hmm. Be the generation. Yeah, and smoking. We are, I like that. In America, we are close. I think only like 6% of underage people, of, of teenagers now smoke or teenagers under the age of 18. Uh-huh. It says, because smoking kills pets too. Prevent hashtag catmageddon. And then it says, finish it. Truth. That's right. It's part of their, their finish it uh, kind of leg of the truth campaign so i kind of like that finish it idea i like be the um generation that ends smoking but that is just trying so goddamn hard to be like hey what do the youth like oh they like viral videos right let's take a bunch of viral videos let's put some sort of uh 
you know, EDM underneath it. It they absolutely make it feels like it was cooked up in a boardroom. Yeah. So um, you said that you wanted, you had a reason, uh, you had some reasoning why they may feel so disconnected to teens. Do you want to give us some background on all this? Yeah. So people may remember back in 1998, there was something called um, the Master Settlement Agreement, which was a huge multi-hundred billion dollar, several hundred billion dollar settlement with um, the big four, basically big tobacco, and I'm uh, Philip Morris, Lorillard, and two others. R.J. Reynolds and right. another one that I can't think of. R.J. Reynolds is British. Um, I can't think of the other one. Um, yeah, I don't remember either. But anyway, they're the big four tobacco companies. And uh, with that master settlement agreement, they agreed to pay for a lot of things over 25 years, including like some health benefits at, uh, for states and things like that. But one of the things that the money had to go to was anti-smoking prevention campaigns. Mm-hmm. And I want to stress prevention because they weren't told that they had to do any advertising to get people to quit. It was all to prevent people from picking it up and primarily teens and children from picking it up because so much of their advertising prior to that had been either overtly or covertly aimed at young people. Really? <laughs> they didn't use like cartoon animals or anything like that, did they? I mean, that's one example. Actually, they did do that. Really? Yes. Uh, so it was a $206 billion um, settlement over uh, the first 20, 25 years of the agreement. So with that agreement came uh, something called the American Legacy Foundation, which had to, which was formed using the money from, from this settlement. And it quickly became one of the most well-endowed uh, foundations, nonprofit foundations in the country just by virtue of getting this, like, they were just awash in money. And they started this truth campaign. Uh, and the truth campaign actually was, they they sort of borrowed it from a successful campaign in Florida that had been, it had been run out of Florida, I think by their, I don't know if it was their AG that was overseeing it, but somebody in Florida was using this tobacco settlement money to do this truth campaign. It worked really well in Florida. So um, the American Legacy Foundation kind of like, just adopted this campaign and made it national. And at first it was really successful. And they had this one ad that is sort of iconic and it's this body bag ad. Oh yeah. You want to play that? Oh sure. Yeah. There's not a lot of, uh, most of these early truth campaign ads don't have a lot of audio. They're very visual and they're very effective because they're very scary. They're a lot of like, um, it's a lot of like, it looks like gorilla, gorilla video of -hmm. people doing sort of like, um, stunts and things aimed at the, at the tobacco companies. Yeah, and this came out kind of at the time when you were seeing kind of flash mobs right. and stuff like, like that late in our night. culture. This, this ad came out in 99. So yeah, and that's a little bit early on the flash mob tip, but you're kind of starting to see that stuff. And in this particular one, you see um, kind of an, and it does seem like it's, like you said, guerrilla marketing sort of. It seems like it's shot from various angles, like Hidden there's cameras. some kids on buildings, right. you know, taping this. And you see this big truck roll up. What building are they rolling up to? I'm glad you asked because it says very clearly on the screen, this is outside a major tobacco company. And then as the commercial goes on, a bunch of kids start, kids, a bunch of like kind of young adults start pouring out of the truck and they're uh, pulling all of these uh, big white bags that say in black letters, body bag on. And it looks like they're, you know, they have them weighted in some way. So it actually kind of looks like there are actual bodies in these bags. Right.
Now, if you can't hear what's going on, one of these young adults has a... One of these youths. And I keep saying that I'm just going to start referring to everybody as young adults. Uh, one of these young adults has a megaphone and is yelling up to the people in the corporate offices um, what their mission is. So they have like 1,200 body bags that they're stacking up in the streets and on the sidewalk outside of this tobacco company's headquarters, and they're putting up signs to say every day 1,200 people die from tobacco. And they really stuck with that stat for, for a number of ads in this campaign. Uh, there's another one where uh, 1,200 people, all you see them walking through the streets of a major city, it looks like New York or something, and they, they are converging at intersections, and so eventually they all show up. They're all dressed the same in white T-shirts, and each one of them has a number written on their shirt. And at the when a signal happens, all 1,200 of them fall over like they're dead in front of a tobacco company's office building. Oh, interesting. And, and again, one person stands up and holds that statistic. Again, very uh, flash mobby. They're all falling. And then the camera really lingers on how dead they look. Mm -hmm. A bunch of young adults dead in the street. Um, so that's the truth campaign. There's also one that I saw later. I mean, that's the well, earliest. Yeah. And, and I think they got a lot of plaudits for that. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can say how successful any single ad was, but they are generally considered to have been good ads. And I think that they do the right thing, which is they send a signal to young, to teenagers, to young people that if that smoking is actually, to, that refusing to smoke is in some way a rejection of authority, that it's, that it's, there's some kind of counterculture element to it, that it's against the suits, yeah. that it's against what, what grownups are telling you to do. And I think mm -hmm. that's a really effective technique. But at the same time, the cigarette companies were do were also trying allegedly complying with some of the like court rulings that had been made against them by doing anti-teen smoking campaigns and keep in mind they they are required to tell teens not to smoke because teens are legally not allowed to smoke so they they walk this fine line where they just tell teens hey teens smoking's not for you it's like, are you talking about this new batch of ads that are going to, because see, we're talking about a couple of different things here. You had the big 1999 settlement, or actually I think the settlement was 98 right. and the campaign started in 99. And that's where you saw all of this money come into the States and, and come into this organization that was making these independent spots. Mm -hmm. But then there was a ruling in, I think, 2006 that, um, said tobacco companies now have to start their own kind of anti-smoking campaign. And this is actually newsworthy. I didn't realize. I just read an article from, I think, two days ago that said those ads are now going to start running, the ones that are actually produced by the uh, the tobacco companies. Well, the ones I'm talking about were are older than that. But hmm. to quickly close out on the Truth Campaign or on the, this American Legacy Foundation. So at first they were doing these ones that were pretty effective and pretty bold and pretty dark. Um, and then they started to sort of scale back the amount of money that they were spending on advertising, the the tone of their advertising. Because the settlement money was drying up? No. In fact, they had more money than ever. They started using more and more of their money and investing it very aggressively. 
So they were building, they were making their endowment larger. They had more and more money. They were spending less and less of it on actually fighting smoking. What were they spending it on? Just growing. They're just basically like as if they were just an investment company growing their investments. Mm. So there's been some, they've been critiqued as needing, as because there's with any nonprofit foundation, it's like there's a balance between how much do you make yourself solvent and keep yourself in the black and how much do you spend down your your endowment so that you can actually like accomplish your mission and they've been criticized for basically sort of backing off of their mission in favor of just like growing their their brand their, sort of not unlike uh just the, growing their bank book and and not unlike the complaints against the um Coleman you know search for a cure the sort of yeah sort like of it's, they're it's, often derided for you know spending so much money on kind of this idea of knowing what Komen is what's right. the full name of the organization I'm, Susan G Komen Susan, Susan G Komen um but the the uh, you know the fraction of the money pie that's actually going towards the research right. is questioned yeah so it's sort of similar with this american uh, Legacy Foundation, uh, whether or not they're actually doing what they set out to do now. Right. By the way, just to um, come back and um, tell you about this, these new ads I'm talking about that actually have to be produced by the companies themselves. I don't have any examples of them audio-wise, but this is from um, the Chicago Tribune. Uh, this was published, oh, today on the 21st. Um, so under court order, the tobacco industry for the first time will be forced to advertise the deadly addictive effects of smoking more than 11 years after a judge ruled that the companies had misled the public about the dangers of cigarettes. So the new spots, which are supposed to begin on Sunday, um, lay out the toll of smoking in blunt text and voiceover statements. More people die every year from smoking than from murder, AIDS, suicide, drugs, car crashes, and alcohol combined. What happened was the industry's lawyers just kept on appealing and, you know, the, the courts have to sign off on exactly what the language is. So they just kept going back and forth, back and forth for 11 years before they finally got a campaign. And apparently, as you would guess with any industry that is forced to advertise against itself – the ads are not getting rave reviews yeah. from the people who have seen them so far. Uh, let's see here. It was a classic case of a very wealthy set of defendants willing to appeal every conceivable issue time and time again, said Matthew Myers of the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. Uh, Robin Koval, president of the Truth Initiatives, uh, has seen the mock-up ads and says it's a black scrolling on a white screen with the most uninteresting voice in the background. A former smoker was shown the mock-up ads and called them terrible. Quote, they weren't very compelling ads. I don't know if I would have cared about any of that before I started smoking, essentially. Yeah, I don't understand why the decision was, why it was allowed to let the tobacco companies do the ads, control the ads, because it should be taken, they should pay for them, obviously, yeah. like they, basically like they do with the American Legacy Foundation uh, and the Truth Campaign, they should pay for them, but they should have no creative control over them. Because let me tell you what happened when they do, did have creative control. So I told you, like, they, there was a period where they were doing either because they were court-ordered to or they were trying to stave off a court decision. They were trying to do, like, a teen smoking prevention. Um, and so this company, Lorillard, who's one of the big four, um, promoted its uh, youth smoking prevention campaign, which was called Tobacco is Wacko If You're a Teen. And I've seen some of these Tobacco is Wacko. And this is what this white paper, this research said. Um, 
Lorillard heavily pr- promoted its uh, campaign, Tobacco is Wacko if you're a teen, despite lack of evidence that it has ever had any impact whatsoever on teens. The Tobacco is Wacko if you're a teen slogan framed smoking as an adult activity, which, as tobacco industry documents recognize, is an, effect- is an effective way to appeal to kids and contempt teens to try smoking. So it's like, don't do this cool thing that adults do, teens. It's not for you. Right. And here, check out this one that I put in there uh, in the show sheet. Uh, that's a a guy, a teenager walks down a, a set of sort of dingy stairs into like a, bo- a body piercing shop and gets a tongue stud. Can I tell you, I watched this thing three times in a row. Uh-huh. I had no idea what was going on. I mean, this looks like, so this, did you say the date? This would have been probably late 90s, early 2000s? Like early, like 2000, like the late aughts, like 2007. So it's got that grainy, I thought it was British at first. It's kind of got this real kind of gritty, black and white street vibe. Who's mm-hmm. the famous kind of uh, British director who I think might have been married to Madonna? Guy Ritchie? Yeah, doesn't this sort of feel like a, like a quick cut yeah, Guy okay. Ritchie kind of gritty scene? But it is so fast cut, you, I could not tell what the hell was going on. I had to, I watched it three times and I just looked it up and then I found an article by Bob Garfield. He wrote, <laughs> oh, I know where this is from because Bob Garfield wrote about this in 1999. I found oh, an it's old, that old 1999 oh, article was, in Ad Age. I thought it was newer than that. He's now with On the Media, one of my favorite radio shows, but he used to write for Ad Age and, uh, and he was mocking this commercial in Ad Age. So here, we'll play it. <laughs> This teenage guy is kind of walking in this dark alley. He goes into a little shop. I didn't even know he was in a shop there, by the way. I thought he was still in an alley. Yeah, it's it's badly cut yeah. intentionally. And then I'm we start sure. to see all these like Polaroids on the wall of people. Now, I'm waiting. I'm looking. I think that this commercial is going to start showing me diseased mouths or something like that because it's doing this close-up. But I guess it's a bunch of close-ups on piercings, including right. like a tongue piercing, which yeah. confused me. Well, it's, it's, it's piercings like, you know, nose piercings, tongue piercings. And then he gets a tongue piercing by some like kind of old crusty guy is uh, telling him to stick out his tongue, and uh, it's scary. It's a little bit like the Joker in the 1989 Batman when Jack Napier is becoming the Joker, and the doctor says, "You see what I have to work with here." It's also my reference point for everything it, yeah. in life. Everything. <laughs> So he gets the tongue piercing. Join me in a cigarette. And then the piercer guy says, join me in a cigarette. And the teenager says very quickly, so quickly that you basically can't hear it. What do you think? I'm crazy. And the narrative is supposed to be, theoretically, oh, this kid's such a risk taker. He's getting a tongue piercing. But he's not even he's not crazy enough to try a cigarette. But the narrative makes no sense whatsoever. You can't follow it. It's, it's a poorly made commercial by people who don't want you to get the point. And if you do get the point, you'll also probably associate it with like kind of cool behavior, you know, like kind of rebellious behavior. Well, sort of, although the rebellious behavior is getting the tongue piercing, the tongue stud. But I think it's just a muddle. It's just totally muddled. And and what your takeaway is like, oh yeah, cigarettes are part of this like underground world. Yeah, I guess guess so. Yeah, anyway, that's horrible. Then you threw this other one in here, part of the same campaign. This is... uh, like a bunch of kids in a hallway, right? And they're rapping. Yes, about- this is the anti-tobacco rap. You 
should lay back and chill and just have a smoke. Check it. If I smoke, then I might be as broke as you, as choked up as you, trying to fit with your crew. Now who said that was the thing to do? Who said that was cool? Who made that rule? See, that's not the thing, so toss them away. I'm my own man, kid, and I walk my own way. So take heed to my words. I'm trying to bless the kids. That tobacco is whack. Yo, yes, it is. I like how they found the world's worst rapper to rap about how tobacco is not cool. I like the rap. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, listen, I'm not Wait, being funny. I don't think that I would like try to, um, that this would get me to stop smoking, but you think he's a bad rapper? I do think he's a bad rapper. I think it's a terrible rap, and I think he looks like a dork, and the smokers look cool, which I think is, in every case, there is a way to read this, each of these tobacco is wacko if you're a teen, ads as the smoker is the cooler person in the ad. He does not look like a dork. He doesn't look like a dork, but this rap is terrible. You think this is a good rap? That tobacco is whack, yo, yes it is. I like that. You, well, I mean, that's my own personal taste, but I like that style of rap music with those types of samples and stuff in the background. Yeah, I don't think that's a horrible... That is not a horrible sound the to sam- me. It's not the type of rap that bothers me, but it's not a good rap. You should lay back and chill and just have a smoke. Check it. If I smoke, then I might be as broke as you, as choked up as you, trying to fit with your crew. Now, who said that was the thing to do? Who said that was cool? Who made that rule? See, that's not the thing, so toss them away. I'm my own man, kid, and I walk my own this way. Like so take heed to my words. A rap that like, your parents would do because they're, they're trying to get through to you about not smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, obviously any kind of any kind of commercial that is made by adults aimed at kids is going to be corny and of course rapping about not smoking is not cool. I stand by that that is not a bad rap though. All if right. you're going to write a rap about smoking, I personally it doesn't bother me. I want to go back to the truth campaign for a second because this does all tie into this idea of like how do groups of adults try to get into the kid zone, right? Like it's just it's Eye of the needle kind of shit. Like, yeah. you're just not going to get the camel through there. Cam- talking about camel cigarettes here. That was a perfect play on words. Thank you very much. Uh, um, but uh, when you start to get into the ads that show the health effects, that's where me personally, that was my Achilles heel. And so to transition from the, hey, we speak your language or we're counterculture or what have you. I want to use this truth campaign ad as a bridge because I think this is still kind of early truth campaign. It's like those shots of the city, big wide shots of the city seem to have a kind of viral uh, feel to them. And in this one, you see a cowboy. Have you seen this one yet? You see a cowboy walking his horse through the city of New York, presumably, with another cowboy with a guitar walking next to him. So they get off their horse and they just kind of camp out in the middle of the street. The one guy starts playing his guitar and and the other cowboy who looks, you know, like the Marlboro man is about to start singing. And there's actually like a, a fire pit that they yeah, they've created a little fire pit. And now the, the cowboy, the one without the guitar, who looks exactly like the Marlboro man, is about to start singing. You don't know we die from tobacco. 
So he takes off his scarf, and he, what do you call those things? A that, stoma, I think. Yeah. he Isn't the stoma the thing that's actually built into the hole in your neck? Yeah. And then you hold like a, a vocalizer up to it, and, uh-huh. and you, you'll see some older smokers have to um, talk through this, this voice box thing. And he's singing a song called You Don't Always Die from Tobacco. And of course, because this is a, like a um, uh, flash mob type of deal again. Flashy meaning it's this kind of stunt in public and there's a big group of people mostly young people uh, gathering to watch them. As soon as he pulls off his scarf and starts singing through his neck they have looks of disgust. Sometimes you just lose a love So again, it's kind of got that real, I, I keep on saying viral, but I mean gorilla kind of yeah. vibe to that. And now you're getting into like, there was oh, a- we're trying to talk to the kids on their language, but you're also seeing somebody sing through a fucking hole in their neck. There are a whole slew of ads, anti-smoking ads, that rely on somebody talking through a vocalizer in the stoma mm-hmm. in their neck. There's a guy... There's a one. There's one that's like tips for former smoke from sm- former smokers. Yeah, let's play that one actually. I mean, this is the one that really kind of shakes me to my core. Um, you see a whole bunch of people just addressing the camera directly, giving you tips because if you're a smoker, someday you're going to have to ha- deal with a hole in your neck. First guys in the shower. In Don't face the shower head. Suction out your dough before you eat. Crouch. Don't bend over. You don't want to lose the food in your stomach. Don't use spray paint. Be very careful shaving. That is rough to watch. Yeah. Right? And I think that's where that's where they're going to be smart. Now, one and that thing, one's more aimed at you. And it, the the slogan after that or the the message after that is you can quit. Yes. Which is very different from don't start. Yes, and that's what I was about to say. There are different campaigns that one i just played for you is not the truth campaign right the truth campaign is the leg where they are saying to kids we're talking the young talk and don't start because they say research shows that and i can say this myself as somebody who started smoking before he was 18 yes you hear that people die yes you hear that people are going to have bad health effects down the line but it you just do feel invincible or you think i'll deal with that when i'm older or looking at adulthood just seems shitty all around when you're 16 years old and smoking in a cigarette behind the wendy's outside your school you know like yeah yeah that's the worst of my problems you know especially again maybe i was just a very cynical 90s teen with my baggy why did you start smoking I don't, I don't know. Steve Udich, I guess. Sorry, Thanks, Steve. Steve. Yeah. Uh, I re- You know, I start. I didn't have friends at all in... I mean, I had just... I didn't have really friends at all, all through grade school, and then a couple of bad experiences at a couple of junior highs and, and freshman year. But then my sophomore year, I moved schools for the final time, and I just started to make friends. And my friends were like, you know, alt-teens, right? And we would go to this place called Flash Gordons, and we watch hardcore bands 
you know, play on stage with their double bass drums. And that was my first kind of social interaction as a teenager. And this was a place where everybody smoked and Steve smoked and he gave me a cigarette and I, and I tried it and then took Too bad there wasn't a cool rapper to tell you not to try it. I know. Maybe if the hostile Amish had had a song <laughs> all about not smoking there on stage, um, I, I wouldn't have started. But uh, yeah, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm in this world now, you know, I was in the, I mean, being at this place, Flash's, Flash Gordon's, just felt so decadent anyway. I mean, you would walk in. It was a bar. Like, it was an all-ages bar that was ridiculous. People an were... all-ages You know, I was going to this... Um, you know, I was going to a Catholic school. I was there with my Catholic school friends, you know. But we would go to this place that was an just ultimate shithole. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's a little bit of a kind of an area around... The bar was right dead center of the kind of venue... And I'm sure they probably had like some sort of bars around it. So it said like no one, you know, under 21 through here. But everybody said that that's where I learned the term shoulder tapping. You just say, hey, can you get me a beer, older kid? And they would get you a beer. So we were going into this place that just seemed like such a den of iniquity to me. And it was so outside of my realm. I actually didn't drink there, but I that's definitely I remember Steve and I would uh kind of sit in the corner and uh, I would I would learn to smoke his cigarettes while uh, the hostile Amish and other various bands were playing. Um, so anyway, uh, where was I in this? So it was the health stuff that certainly... Oh, sorry. So you had the, the leg, you had this truth campaign that was aimed at kids, don't start smoking. And then you had this FDA. And I don't... Is this what your, your research is on or was your research on the truth? The research, the research is, that I did was all... Or this white paper is all about how the ones that were... Uh, creatively controlled by the tobacco companies either didn't work at all or actively uh, created more smokers because they sub- uh, surreptitiously made smoking look like a cool adult thing. Really? They actually did numbers show that yeah. they had the, ne- the some of Some of their impact. campaigns oh. had like that tobacco was wacko for a teen. If you're a teen was the, it, it showed it as being something that is like for adults so you had that that's a truth campaign from the settlement um that stoma ad was from the cdc um but the fda has this thing called the real cost of smoking and this is also it's most of the kids i mean most of the people in it are young yeah um but they really focus on health impacts health Um, and i would say like lifestyle yeah health some of them are very yes yes like um and I think the one that you picked out here is the one that really focuses on your teeth. It does. And it reminds me so much of this movie. If uh, You remember the movie Looper? Yeah. It's a pretty good sci-fi movie. It's about time travel. And, and in this world, um, there's a scene where um, a character's uh, past self is being mutilated and his future self is seeing those mutilations appear on his body as he's running to try to stop this from happening. It really stuck with me. It was a really scary scene in this movie. So if somebody cuts off his hand in the past as time is he being sees warped, his hand but disappear. he's in the future and he's running and all of a sudden his hand disappears. Right, exactly. Um, so this scene, this commercial, uh, reminds me of that. Uh, it's sort of tonally like that and, and actually thematically like that too. And the reason why they're sh- like kind of going with this idea of nasty teeth in this 
is because that is one way you can appeal to kids as far as health is concerned. Not you're gonna have health a health and appearance. That's that's what I'm saying. You're not gonna have a hole in your lung down the road. Like we're not gonna get that message to you. You're young. You think you're invincible right now. But nobody wants to be that kid in high school who's got black teeth and horrible breath. So this one is very visual. It's only 15 seconds. There's like a kid standing what on a playground or something. It's kind of it's alone. A, it's sort of in a dark parking lot it looks like and then somebody approaches him with a package smoking the consequences will find you he lights up some stranger some guy comes up to him like a fedex guy and hands him a package cigarettes may leave you with stained teeth gum disease and more so as he opens the package it's like this disgusting set of false teeth only it's like all nasty and gnarled with bad not false teeth it's like a mouth Right, but it looks like yeah. false teeth, if you can imagine opening up a box and seeing a mouth in there. And then um, suddenly those teeth are in this kid, and he's kind of n- wincing and gnarling as he realizes that these are his own teeth. Yeah. Yeah, that one actually doesn't do a hell of a lot for me. You don't find it scary? No. Honestly, the ones that get to me are anything regarding a hole in your throat or... Um, any of those kind, and maybe that has to do with my age now. Mm-hmm. But that's the shit that scares me. the The idea of just like or anything about carrying around uh, an oxygen tank or any those are the things. But again, that could appeal that that could appeal to me because of my age and the fact that I've been you know smoking for twenty years or so. Um, so let's play some more fun ones here. <laughs> Um, how about let's go back yeah, to Yeah, because that's what the anti-smoking ads should be is fun. Let's go back to the 1960s. Um, this one I think is 1967, although that's a little bit loose as far as my research could show. It was the earliest one I could find. And um, it's all about uh, a boy who's probably about four or five years old here hanging out with his dad. It's almost all music, so we'll describe what's going on. It starts with them... Uh, Painting the house together, the dad's up like on a ladder. Father, like son. The father's up on a ladder painting, so the little boy's painting below him. Now they're driving in a car, the dad's driving, but the little boy's pretending to drive with a fake steering wheel, like in the Simpsons opening. The uh, father's now washing his giant car, and the little boy is kind of mimicking him, using his squirt gun to wash parts of it. Now they're going for a walk. The dad picks up a stone to skip it. The kid sees that, so he mimics that action, too. Where do you think this is going? Oh, now, af- I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, now, after their walk is over, they're both sitting under a tree together. Now, everything that this father has done in this ad, the little kid has mimicked, and now the dad is pulling out a pack of cigarettes for his, uh, for his little cigarette break. He sets the cigarettes down between him and his son. He lights up. Like son. Of course, the little boy. Think about it. Picks up the cigarettes and he's very curious. Information on smoking and heart disease. It's so milk toast. It's so milk toast. It barely makes like if you're someone who smokes and doesn't think it's bad. Like, of course, you would. You probably think it was cute that your kid was picking up the cigarettes. Like, when you're older, son. If you're okay lighting up a cigarette that close to your little boy, you have no problem with that kid eventually being a smoker. Yeah, um, I mean that's kind of the funny thing. I was trying to put these in the categories a little bit and show how they reflect their era, but that's not entirely fair because it also just reflects how society 
view smoking and yeah. all the science that no, I'm we sure know it was, now than we did then. I'm sure it was re- sort of revolutionary to even suggest that smoking might be bad at all in that early, you know, in the, in the, in the 1960s. I mean, it wasn't until the 1970s that we had a Surgeon General say unequivocally that smoking was bad, right? Yeah, and I think it was 1978 when they banned um, television commercials for cigarettes, yeah. I think. Um, is, you know, this is supposed to be a, a show about... Um, uh, anti-smoking commercials, but this led me uh, to this whole campaign that I think you and I have talked about in the past about, you know, Camel had the whole campaign. What kind of cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Like, right. just as the industry was starting to get uh, needled a little bit about some of these health claims, the industry came out with commercials that specifically, and I'm looking for one here, I wish I, I had it in front of me, where uh, there's a guy and he's actually got a clipboard he's saying that our cigarettes aren't as bad on your throat and on your lungs and all these things and like they're trying to use their own science to talk about their brands not being as bad ours is toasted ours is toasted yeah i can't find that particular one right here but let me just play just just to correct something i said earlier i said the 1970s the first surgeon general to say that smoking was bad for your health was luther terry and that was in 1964 oh okay let me um, call up one of these camel ads from back in the day. You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. And because they know what a pleasure it is to smoke a mild, good-tasting cigarette, they're particular about the brand they choose. In a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? I'm going to pause it there. Now, I know this is a uh, commercial for smoking, not against smoking. But yes, yeah, seeing that guy pull that cigarette out of the soft pack of camels, lighting it up and relaxing with a cigarette is appealing to me. Yeah. Like big time. Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels <laughs> than any other cigarette. You can get posters that say Why not that? change yeah. to camels? There's, a, the there's a link where you can order the t-shirt below this. Oh, yeah. yeah. In your smoking enjoyment. See how camels agree with your throat. See how mild and good tasting a cigarette can be. And they show this very glamorous woman at the end. We have no idea who she is. She's just a glamorous woman. She's not dressed up like a doctor. No, just smoking. That woman was not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's see here. So I was. Oh, so putting aside the fact that obviously science continued to build up, I was looking for sort of patterns in the era and the type of anti-smoking campaign. So the one that we saw with the boy and his little dad, it's 1960s. It's whole. It's a little bit wholesome. It's about family. Let's think about our little boy. And then if you skip to the 1990s, which again was my kind of like, you know, wear flannel and scowl at authority kind of uh, era, that's when we started to see commercials or, or PSAs like this. Now, this was for specifically uh, or, or made by um, the California Department of Health Services. But I swear I saw this growing up. Maybe they just made – maybe some national organization kind of made a copy of this because you're starting to not trust the man and in big industry. So in this one, you see a bunch of uh, – 
tobacco industry executives sitting around a giant table smoking cigarettes and plotting. Gentlemen, gentlemen. The tobacco industry has a very serious multi-billion dollar problem. We need more cigarette smokers, pure and simple. Every day, 2,000 Americans stop smoking. And another 1,100 also quit. Actually, technically, they die. That I means remember that this, this business needs you, you did to too. You weren't in California either. Day. So, forget about all that. Cancer, heart disease, emphysema, stroke stuff. Gentlemen, we're not in this business for our health. <laughs> Evil laugh. Evil laugh. Ha 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 ha. A guy who looks like Newman from Seinfeld throws back his head and laughs. So I really thought that that kind of illustrated the era, you know, at which it aired. Here's one. um, Let's go back to the 1960s. I actually don't even remember which. Oh, God, I know which one this is. This is a weird commercial. So we see a bunch of people. I guess it's some sort of a party. Um is and it a petting party? I don't think it's a petting party. And this is, again, uh, 1960s. It doesn't say exactly what year. But you, I'm starting to think this is later 60s. Um, it's in color. And I think this is a bit of a reaction to people starting to talk about the environment for the first time. And there are these three kind of intense guys. It's probably guys. right around the time uh, Silent Spring came out. Probably. And so here we have these three kind of intense guys who are smoking cigarettes and uh, talking at this party. Hey, Harry. Hey, you look like you haven't seen the sun in a month. You ought to get out more. What do you mean? Go out. Well, you feel better if you get out in the green outdoors. You know, stretch your muscles. Now, they're all smoking cigarettes. Like, the one guy who just came up is kind of annoying the other guy, but they're all intense and annoying in their own way. And as this commercial goes on, you're going to start to see more and more close-up shots of all the people at this party smoking. It almost has an Easy Rider vibe to it. Get your lungs full of fresh air. What fresh air? When you call this air around here fresh air, it's like living in a coal mine. So polluted around here, you know what you see on your windowsill every morning? Soot. The room is getting smokier and smokier. In your car. Carbon monoxide. Every day, it's killing. You want me to get more fresh air, then you start doing something about the air pollution in this town. Tear down the smokestacks. Get rid of that big incinerator out in the flats. If you want to do something about air pollution, we suggest you start with your own lungs. That's from the American Cancer Society. That it definitely makes you not want to be in that room. Oh, yeah. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. No, I mean, I think my clothes smell like smoke just from watching that commercial. Yeah. I have a feeling there's a lot of mansplainers in that room. Yes. The, yes, that's what it is. The three main characters all seem like these like mansplaining yeah. kind of guys. Of course, there's a lot of uh, cartoons throughout the ages, going back to like 1970s and, of course, the 80s you know, aimed at kids, don't try smoking. There's a whole Superman series where he was fighting a villain called Nick Oteen, uh, <laughs> who was trying to get kids to start smoking. Here's one um, with uh, Yogi Bear. Look, boo-boo, a smoldering cigarette butt. Our good friend Smokey the Bear will be glad I stamped this one out. Well, cross promotion there. Ouch! O-U-C-H! Ouch! Why do people smoke, Yogi? According to statistics... Uh, they'd be better off if they didn't. Why don't they quit then, Yogi? It's not easy to quit smoking, Boob. 
most of today's smokers started as teenagers before the dangers of cigarette smoking were known. The kids thought smoking made them look grown up. And now they can't quit, eh, Yogi? They can quit, but it isn't easy. Like that man over there. He'd like to quit. He doesn't enjoy smoking, but he's hooked on the cigarette habit. That's one thing that I will say as a longtime smoker. I never stopped enjoying cigarettes. There was yeah. never, I mean, I wouldn't say there was never a time. I'm sure there were times when I was in a situation where I couldn't smoke and I really needed a cigarette. So therefore, I wished I wasn't a smoker or maybe I had to go outside and like huff one really quickly in the cold or the rain and some rare examples like that. But they're showing a man sitting at a picnic table smoking a cigarette and Yogi Bear says, he wants to quit. He doesn't even enjoy it anymore. I find that hard to believe. Usually smokers enjoy their cigarettes. For whatever it's worth. He doesn't enjoy smoking, but he's hooked on the cigarette habit. Does anyone ever quit, Yogi? It takes willpower. A lot of people have quit, but the best way is not to ever start smoking. Then you won't end up like that man, smoking cigarette after cigarette and coughing his fool head off. At the end, uh, uncomfortably, the man actually coughs his head off, and then it goes bouncing around with the jaunty sound effects of a Yogi Bear cartoon. Yeah, all of these old ones that tonally feel so weird to me, but I know it was just a different time. Well, what if we go back to the 80s? I have two here that are like so, so 80s. As a matter of fact, this one is called a 1988 MTV-style anti-smoking <laughs> PSA. At the end, I'm, uh, this is from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. At the end of this like music video, it even lists or, or kind of labels it as the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services in the MTV little uh, font in, in the font. bottom left-hand yeah. corner. This matches up every style of, like, MTV videos in the 80s. Yeah. We have, um, would you say, uh, bodiless lips? Yeah, disembodied, disembodied CGI lips. lips. Blowing on saxophones. It looks like um, the kind of video that might be uh, on a karaoke song in yes. the background. Or a little bit like our favorite AMPM commercial. Hot dog. Right. Yeah. It's just know? like weird, weird 80s animation. Yes. But it goes through like a zillion different styles. You're going to see in here this kind of like two dimensional um, animation that reminds me of a Dire Straits video. Or like, is it like Take On Me? Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, no, they actually don't have that, but they have just a whole bunch of. Uh, It's just a mishmash of pop art style. Yes. When is this going to be about not smoking? Get more tips. Somebody actually tipped a waiter because he doesn't smoke. that it's about not smoking at the very end they say without a cigarette i know they do but that's it but it's mostly just a bunch of like random uh mtv style animations with the sweet saxophone licks it's a total mess yeah i could see them saying we need something that'll just like slip in into mtv and people won't even notice one person not to smoke what about this one from the 1980s it's a little darker (laughs) is that is that like a down market mask yes Look how bondagey this one kind of is. Just a fool. 
It's got that sort of uh, Monty Python quality of like the animation with there's some claymation thrown yeah, in Yeah, you know what it is? Um, who's the fam- Wait, who's the famous director? It's almost like he... Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, because it's got these weird, dark, almost bondage kind of quick shots where yeah. people are in cellophane for some reason. But we there's don't also understand. claymation. But then you also have these weird, like, like uh, kind of darkly fun claymation uh, characters that are smoking. I take it back. This is the worst anti Right? Isn't this one even worse? Kick it in the butt. Anyway, that was a disaster, huh? Those are just terrible. I know. They're incoherent. They they don't have any message. Well, they were trying. They just look like some little interstitial thing that would be like between videos, music videos. Yeah. Uh, not very good. You want to check in with the ad council? Yeah. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, what do we got? Well, I wanted to start with one. We've got a bunch of jingles, and we will get to those. But I wanted to start with one uh, listener comment that is not a jingle, because I also, I think you and I also had a reaction to this ad. Um, this is from listener Tony, who had a very visceral reaction to a recent iPad Pro ad. Um, and uh, if you if you want to play it, I'll uh, I'll describe it for you. It's a it's a it's a cute sort of alty looking maybe I don't know if she's a teenager if she's a teenager she's very young she's probably 13 or so she's living in what looks like New York some kind of major city and she's having just this great urban childhood right she's on her bike she's doing projects she's starting newsletters she's just out and about living her best life Uh, and she's got her iPad Pro which is like a souped up version of the iPad that has more computer-like features to it's it. It's like a Microsoft Surface. It's almost it like, a, like it's almost as good as a Microsoft Surface, which I'm working on right now. For real. Like, it's got the kickstand. It's got a keyboard built right. in. It's got a stylus. So it's like a little bit more involved than just the iPad, and it allows you to do more creation, which right. is, was always the, cre- the critique of the iPad. So she's... I'll, you can go ahead and play it, and I'll kind of narrate it. She's riding her bike around this city... She's doing her interesting projects, hanging out with her friends. She's FaceTiming. Oh, I think she was playing Draw Something. Nice. She's, she's writing a story. She's sending it to somebody. She's taking a picture of a praying mantis that she sees. Her riding her giant iPad. Riding her on the cobblestones. Maybe it's Philly. It's got those cobblestone streets. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's all very urban and independent and it's clearly she's this sort of go-getter young person who has all this independence and creativity uh, that she's able to express through her computer. Now she's lying in her backyard and her neighbor says, uh, leans over the fence as she sees her working on her iPad. What you doing on your computer? What's a computer? Then it says iPad Pro. And get it. What's a computer? Because she like it's not a computer, man. It's like a tablet or whatever, whatever kids call their mobile device these days. We live in a post computer society. Yeah. And so you and I, I think both sort of rolled our eyes at that because it was a pretty good ad until that. It's not a bad ad. Exactly. I think it's I think the way it shows the 
the way that this machine can be used and how mobile it is and how versatile it is is not a bad thing. I think sometimes Apple errs on the side of just showing you their beautiful form factors and hoping for the best. But I think it's great that they're actually saying, no, like, we know people want this functionality and that functionality, and this is what a stylus can do, and this is what a keyboard can do, and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's great. Uh, it was actually why I got a Surface instead of an iPad, because I wanted something that was more like a computer. But don't, What's a computer? <laughs> but don't, you know, don't tell us that a 13-year-old doesn't know what a computer is. Like, it's a joke. I get it. It's also just, she just comes off as snotty, though. It's this character who... You only have good feelings for through the whole thing. Yeah. She's like this cool little independent spirit. It's just a dumb punchline. Yeah, it's a really bad punchline. Well, Tony really took exception to it. He says, I yelled at my television. I am not an Apple fanboy, though I am not averse to Apple products. But I can't help feeling that every single ad Apple has ever created sends the message that our users are so enlightened. If you don't use them, you just don't get it. Yeah, there is a little bit of yeah. that. I think that's yeah. a fair compa- fair critique. Absolutely. And also, so we see this girl like FaceTiming with her friend and doing a bunch of stuff like that, which is fine. But we also see that she's putting together some sort of a weekly newsletter called a bug's life about insects. Mm -hmm. She is an amazing artist. She's drawing this. I, I, you know, most of it does. Now I realize it all comes back to the insect thing. She took a photo of a praying, praying mantis. It was like an octopus that she was drawing. Was she drawing an octopus? Okay. She was doing that. She was then making a comic book at the end, a very detailed comic book. I thought she was just reading a comic book. Oh, is that the case? Then yeah. that makes me feel a little bit better because it's starting to strain credulity a little bit that she's able to bite off all. No, of I think that was like an actual day. comic book that she's reading, but she's reading it in her in that oh, medium. Okay, that's kind of appealing. All right, then I will allow it. But still, you know what a computer is, girl. Don't sass your don't sass your neighbor. Stop sassing your neighbor. Stop sassing your neighbor. What else we got? <laughs> all right, um, this is from a listener in Montana. Uh, I don't believe you left your name, sir. So I want you to give it a play. Uh, hey, Andrew and Genevieve. So I, I grew up in a little town in Montana called Anaconda, and we only got uh, four radio stations, one of which was KOPR-FM, uh, all, the, all the best Bon Jovi songs you could ask for. Um, but the Pizza Hut in a community nearby called Butte, Butte, Montana, um, had greatest single of all time, and that that was uh, they would just say seven two three two three two three seven two three two three two three seven two three two three two three for Pizza Hut delivery, and that's why. No, nope, we got, we lost you. We lost you. I like that uh, because that is the William Tell overture. And it was very timely because we also got another jingle from our friend Allison, who actually called in, uh, who had all, who left us another jingle last week. I think she left us the one, um, the tick, the K uh, nine Advantix. Hello, mother. Hello, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't Allison that we knew from New Hampshire. No. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, this is, uh, but she had called and left another jingle, and it's very timely because apparently the William Tell Overture is a, is a standard. Okay, so this is Allison again? Yeah. Double dipping, Allison? <laughs> Andrew and Genevieve, it's probably not fair for me to call with two jingles in the same day, <laughs> but I remembered another jingle. This is Allison from Madison, Wisconsin. So this is the jingle that they used to play on Nickelodeon in probably the early 90s, I think, um, for Looney Tunes. All right, here we go. 
Looney Tunes on twice a day, every day right here on Nick. Looney Tunes on twice a day, enough to make you sick. We've got Looney in the evening every day right after school. We've got Looney <laughs> in the evening every day. It's really cool all on Nick because Nick is what you want. <laughs> Looney Tunes on twice a day, every day right here on Nick. Looney Tunes on twice a day, enough to make you sick. Thanks, guys. Bye. I can't believe you remember all of that, Allison. That is amazing. And you know why it really that... <laughs> ties in, too, because Bugs Bunny always used the William Tell Overture. Yes. Now, I looked, uh, I spent some time looking for the exact Looney Tunes on Nick that uh, she that she sang. She, I couldn't find that exact one, but this one's pretty close. Why don't you play this original here? We have more of what you want every weekday here on Nick. Looney Tunes on twice a day and more to make you sick. We've got lots of Looney action every weekday after school. We've got Looney in the evening after dinner so for you. We've got Peppy, Bugs, Sylvester, Elmer, Forky, Daffy Duck. And we have them when you want them twice a day. They run a month. More of Looney Tunes is what you want. Nick has more of what you want. Looney Tunes on twice a day. Looney Tunes. Twice a day. Weekdays on Nickelodeon. That's like a good find, man. I, obviously, part of the same campaign. Yeah. A lot of the lyrics are the same. Uh, yeah, they were. They, but it's funny to me that they recorded a couple of those and released them. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, that is the beauty of royalty-free music, right? Music yes. that is 100% public recognizable domain. in a second, yeah. but also part of the public domain. So you can just uh, grab that. Because I assume that Nickelodeon wasn't quite the powerhouse. I mean the cable landscape was just different then. Like Nickelodeon... I mean, I'm not saying that in the early 90s it wasn't pretty strong, but... I mean, that was kind of its heyday, right? I guess it like was. That was, that was that Double Dare. That was... That's uh, true. You can't do that on television. I don't know. I wonder what its budgets looked like. But then though. I don't know. Like, they've prob- like they probably only gotten richer since then, so I don't Yeah, know. I'm not sure. And if they bought Looney Tunes, like, that was not a small... That wasn't some obscure property. Okay, so moving on, I've got another one here. This is from listener Steve. Uh, this is a an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, it's not one that I'm familiar with. I'm a, it's a little bit earlier than me. But uh, Steve, thank you for, for finding it. And also, Steve, thank you for finding the original because uh, it was buried in a compilation. I don't think I would have ever found it. Oh, he, he sent it you. hadn't sent, sent it, it to, to me. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing here. You, you have this earmarked 14 minutes into yes, an 18-minute Which video. I would never have found if he hadn't sent it. <laughs> okay, well, let's listen to his uh, message first. Hey guys, it's Steve from Burke, Virginia, and I'm that fidelity. I know it's great. Your offer to play any jingle sung. Uh, this particular ad is from October eighteenth, nineteen seventy six, and it played on ABC Monday Night Football. And you can check it out. It's actually a Monday. Um, you will hear the name of the sponsor in the ad, and here it goes. Sun is shining, things are growing, things are going well with you and me. A future planned together, a rich for life together, and things look bright as they can be. Do you want me to pause it here and try to guess what they're selling? Oh yeah, if you don't know. Oh, do you already know You I know mean- this one? No, or no. did you know I mean, before I, you watched I it? I didn't know before I watched it. I, I just thought you might be seeing it on, saw it on the show sheet. Is it for coffee? No. We're helping 40 million people, more than 40 million people who know the future is now. We're helping 40 million people. Is it for, is it for a charitable organization? No. At Metropolitan Life, uh. we hope to plan the future. <laughs> 
because the future is now. So join the 40 million people, more than 40 million people, who know the future is now. Anyway, there's a voiceover on there. <laughs> anyway. And, but the best part of the ad for me is the video. The video is really cute. Um, anyway, it's one of my favorite old ads and old jingles, and it really stuck with me. Clearly. Um, and I think you guys like the commercial tunes, so I will include a YouTube link to the ad. Again, thank you. Thanks so much. Love the show. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, Quite a why, why am I talking to him like where he's actually on the line? That felt very intimate to me. Um, I know. When, when, you, when, people, when you send us files like that, you can really hear the fidelity difference. Yeah, it's great. I'm yeah, not saying... I know that's beyond most people's uh, technology reach but it's I, yeah i like it's either i actually love it. phone sound too <laughs> no joke i love the sound of somebody on the phone like i i'm quick aside here if i've ever done a quick aside um we will probably live in a day when talking on the phone will be so digital that it's going to sound like that right um and it's not going to have what i think of as that crunchy crystal microphone you know I'm calling from prison sound. <laughs> just, I mean... I mean, except for prisoners, obviously. Right, right. Yeah, just thinking of cereal there, you know, that sound. <laughs> yes. uh, can you uh, accept a call from? And I, I will be sad when the phone <laughs> sound goes away. All right, yeah. so anyway, let's go back to... Um, I'm sorry, who sang that for us? Uh, Steve. Steve. So let's go back to the original that Steve sent us. Metropolitan life reminds you that and the future will And you've got two little boys a starting a lemonade stand. You prepare for it. Sun is shining. And they're slowly, their hands are coming together to shake hands. And we're seeing still shots of their lemonade business growing and growing over the years. Oh, now they're getting older. It's become like a farm stand. And now it's like a, now they have like a grocery store. And then they have a successful grocery chain. But doesn't this have the future take you by surprise? Hasn't doesn't this have to feel to you the song, the sound of the song, especially? It's very like, um, uh, if I could teach the world to sing, yeah, yeah. you know, there's like this, there's a real feeling of like that sort of 70s. Uh, early 70s I guess he said 76 so like that 70s like uh you know uh up with people kind of vibe you yeah know? um can I ask you a really dumb question Metropolitan Life that's an insurance company I think so yeah. okay that's what I assumed yet the imagery seems like a bank yeah, I don't understand. That's what confused me. Could they have been like a dual interest? Like, did was those things? Did those things go hand in hand more? I'm sure they did. I mean, I assume it's like some sort of financial products, right? Kind yeah, of thing. Not, maybe they sell. Maybe they do loans. Because when I was hearing, when I was just hearing Steve sing it, I was thinking, oh, the future is now is perfect for insurance right. down the line, health insurance, life insurance. But the future is now for them saying we're building for a more prosperous future. I mean, I. Again, I don't know very much about how money works. If I did, I'd probably have more of it. But I think that these kinds of big financial companies do lots of sort of services and products that are related to life planning, right? All right, one more here. And this is uh, less of a jingle and more jingle adjacent. This is from listener Ivan, but I thought it was uh, close enough for government work, as they say. 
I just thought of something. Okay. Can we go back a couple of segments ago? <laughs> sure. Remember how you... No ma- time like the present. Do you remember when you made the comment about that weird 90s commercial kind of looking like the guy from The Mask for uh-huh. the anti-smoking commercial? Yeah, it was like a guy with a green kind of plasticky head. Yeah, like kind of Jim Carrey's The Mask, right. only a little bit more intimidating Not, and scary. Uh, Eric Stoltz's The Mask. Or Eric Stoltz's even, Mask. I don't even know what that is. Really? Yeah, it's a totally different beast, I take it. Yeah, there's a movie called Mask starring Cher and Eric Stoltz, I think, Eric Stoltz. And it's like, it's a it's a schlocky classic. He's got like, um, I don't know if it's elephantitis or something, but he's his face is extremely deformed. Mm. And it's all about like his mother, played by Cher, fighting for his right to, you know, live, love, and laugh. Hmm. Well, I've never no. seen it, so that's what I think it's about. Well, I've never, I've never seen um, that or... The movie Mask with The Mask with Jim Carrey. I have seen The Mask. This is a very big stretch, but I am being serious. You don't think there's any chance that... What was The Mask's catchphrase? Smoking. Smoking. Yeah. You don't think there's any... That's a total huh. coincidence, right? I don't know. I don't know. I would have to see the dates that the, that commercial came out in the yeah, out. yeah. That that seems like a stretch because like what what's the payoff there? Anyway, uh, so you say this is jingle adjacent, huh? Yes. Hi, this is Ivan from Brattleboro, Vermont. Uh, I really liked the Viva Sode. It got me thinking <laughs> that um, the next time you do an in depth examination, maybe take apart uh, an ad or a campaign. You could call it a Viva section. Uh, yeah, I'm totally going to do that. I enjoy the wordplay. Anyway, um, I have not exactly a jingle, but a parody of a jingle that I grew up. There's another one I won't be singing to you right now. If uh, if you actually enjoy this one, I can call back and sing the other one. But it goes like this. As I was walking down the street one dark and dreary day, I came across a billboard much to my dismay. The sign was torn and tattered from the storm the night before. The wind and rain had done their worst, and this is what I saw. Smoke Coca-Cola cigarettes, drink Wrigley's spearmint beer, kettle ration dog food keeps your complexion clear. Simonize your baby with a Hershey's candy bar. And Texaco's the beauty cream that's used by all the stars. <laughs> oh, take your next vacation in the great new frigid air. Learn to play piano in your woolen underwear. Doctors say that children should smoke until they're three. And people over 65 should bathe in Lipton tea. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And there's a little tie-in with the smoking. Yeah, so that was just like something that kids were singing back in the day? It was just like a parody song uh, called The Billboard Song, and I actually dug up the uh, a, rec- oh. a professional recording of it, if you want to get oh, it Oh, great. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I see. So this is... Um, it's by Homer and Jethro. <laughs> off their album, America's Song Butchers. <laughs> As I was walking down the street, a billboard caught my eye. The advertisements written there would make you laugh and cry. 
the signs were torn and scattered from the storm the night before. And as I read the things they said, why, this is what I saw. Smoke Coca-Cola cigarettes, drink Wrigley Spearmint beer. Kettle ration dog food keeps your wife's complexion clear. Two chocolate-covered mothballs, they always satisfy. Brush your teeth with life, boy, soap and watch the suds go by. These guys are in the Country Music Hall of Fame. I'm not joking. Oh, that's the Hall of Fame I would be most likely to go to. <laughs> that's true. I was asking Genevieve. You're I not hate, really I into hate Hall of Fame I think they're a yeah. dumb kind of museum. Um, and I, Andrew asked me what Hall of Fame I would go to if I had to go to one, and I really couldn't To visit, an not to be inducted into. <laughs> but I guess country music, because it's... Um, it's the thing I probably like know the least about and might learn something. Sure, yeah. They're known as the Thinking Man's and I Hillbillies. Get to check out Homer and Jethro. <laughs> they received a Grammy in 1959 and are members of the Country Music Hall of Fame. Neither one are with us anymore. Um, ooh, this they is pretty they were like the Weird Al Yankovics of country. I guess so. The Dr. Dementos of country. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else? That's it. That's it for today? Yep. All right. Um, I was thinking, and I probably should not do this on the fly, but this last voicemail reminded me that I put out a call because somebody sang a jingle that was based on Hello, Mother, Hello, Father. Oh, that's right. And we did find... And thank you for the person that posted to Facebook. It was Downey. Well, that's what this That's the one I remember. That's what this person is asking. And honestly... This was uh, Harvey who posted this to our Facebook group. He said, is this the one that you're thinking of, That's the of, one Andrew? I'm thinking of. And part of me thinks yes, but also part of me wants to think yes. This doesn't, this doesn't feel... He, this may be what I'm thinking of, but oh. it's not um, 100% for Oh, me, it is you know? for me. Like As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, of course. Why didn't I... Rem-? It, it immediately clicked for then me. Then you're starting to make me think that this is the one I'm thinking of. But I, if I'm being honest... like dreadfully boringly honest right this wasn't like oh yes of course i remember it so well in the back of my head i felt like it was for food but let's take a listen to this one. well i mean anything's hello, food mother. if you eat it hello father <laughs> greetings from camp hiawatha swimming school here but this place is not like home i miss your nice fresh pillowcases you miss Downey. It's so pleasing. Yeah, I think this April is the one. I yeah, I remember the mom. That's one reason. Downey's softness. That's another. I wouldn't be shocked to hear, though, that multiple products over the years have used this. Oh, sure. This. I mean, it's so tailor-made for, um, you know, telling a story about a product. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's probably um, it's probably in some sort of public domain situation or at least incredibly affordable. Um, all right, so we've only gone for about an hour and a half. Did you want to add anything else <laughs> here, or should it. we just get out? They've been kind of on the short side lately. This will be all right. Um. This is an aside that I will not be able to pull off. So the look of horror on your face as I have this thought uh, is justified. But um, our friend or kind of friend, Hari Kondabolu, is on TBTL from time to time, my other podcast. Um, His brother is in 
this band. Das Racist. Which is a duo, right? And it's called Das Racist. Yeah. It's the fact that we sort of know his brother that makes me think, like, maybe if they sue us, we can figure out a we way to, to her resolve about, this amicably. Well, the only thing, re- this really doesn't have a power out. But what I was going to say was, um, so Hurry's star is really rising. Um, you know, he's, and rightfully so, he's yeah. a great comedian. He's a great social commentator. He's done a lot of stuff with W. Kamau Bell and all this stuff. Right now, he's got this documentary that's out called The the Problem with Apu that looks at, um, that looks at the character of Apu in The Simpsons from... Uh, you know, a kid who grew up Indian American yeah. and was like the only brown kid in his school, and like what it means when there's one Indian American on television and it's Apu. And it's right? played by a white guy named Hank Azaria. Yeah. So, anyway, his documentary is taking off. He was on The Daily Show. This is Hurry. He was on The Daily Show. He was on, I think, Good Morning America. And he's enjoying it, right? He's taking photos of it and uh, in screen capping his stuff and putting it on social media. And it really charmed me today. He took a photo. There's a picture of, like, there's a big poster for The Problem with Apu, his project in the New York City subway state, in a New York City subway station somewhere. And nearby is um, an ad. Have you seen those ads for some bank? They're in a lot of, like, airports and subway stations where... They're trying to appeal to young people who want to start getting into money management and just like saving money. And it's they're kind of like chill and cheeky. And it's kind of like we're for people who want to be kind of rich. Uh-huh. Or have you seen those? I, I can't so, remember yeah. the company. Anyway, his brother apparently is in, is one of the models. Oh. I, I don't know how many brothers he has, but I assume it's this guy that we're listening to right now. Um, so they're both in the same subway station. Oh, that's These funny. two brothers are in the New York City subway station on two different posters. That's great. No power out, but I'm just so happy for them. Yeah. That's really cool. Anyway, this show is called After These Messages. Thanks for listening. And please don't tell the Kundabolu brothers that we're using their music, yes. any of them. Uh, you can check us out on the Facebook group. That's just After These Messages. On Facebook, I guess just search for it, right, Veeves? Yep. We have a phone number, too. 607-444-5597. And you can email us, after these messages show at gmail.com. And you can email in to say how smooth it was that I had to let that song end and restart it. And nobody even noticed because <laughs> I am a master of talking and clicking at the same time. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Give me some money, B. I'll be a money tree. Took a lot of samples out. You don't got to clear those. Made a lot of weird raps. You don't want to hear those. Labels like maybe we could cake off the weirdos. Okay, plug your nose.